Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by Six Second Stories. My name is Rain Bennett, and today we're going to talk about a concept that I like to call it's the man, not the machine. Okay, this is the last episode of season one of the Storytelling Lab, and we're going to talk about how everything we've mentioned in the previous episodes culminates into this concept, which ultimately is about heart. Let me tell you a little story. About five years ago, I was in Riga, Latvia. It's the capital of Latvia, and that's a Baltic state. It used to be a, a country in the Soviet Union until the early 90s. And I'm sitting there filming the Street Workout World Championship. And Street Workout was this new sport that's sweeping the globe, and I was making a movie about it. And there were about, let's say, 50 cameras, all pointed at the same thing, all pointing at the stage where the competitor from Holland or France or Germany or Hong Kong or wherever they were from we're doing these crazy tricks on the bars, flipping around, catching the other bar, just doing amazing things with their bodies. And there was one single camera, one lone wolf of an independent documentary filmmaker with the camera turned the other way. See, I was telling a story, right? The story I was telling was about the culture, this culture of extreme and freestyle calisthenics. All the other cameras were turned filming the person on stage who was indeed doing some amazing things, but they were all going to be cutting these highlight reels and these YouTube videos that were, you know, 
dubstep music and flash flashy transitions and like crash zooms and all these effects and showing the crazy moves that these people were doing, but there was no real substance. There was no real story that they were telling. And during this journey, which lasted about, the production lasted a few years, two to three years, I was traveling around the world. So during this journey, people would come up to me and have one of two different kinds of interactions. They were always curious about who I was or they'd heard about me because there was kind of a buzz in the community that this guy was making a film about calisthenics. And so people would come up and either one tell me what to shoot, like point me in this direction, which was almost always uh, what was going on on stage or a crazy move that somebody was doing. Basically what everybody else was shooting, right? Just for highlight reels and things like that. Uh, especially if they saw me turned around and filming something different, like the reactions in the crowd or people just having a conversation on the side. Again, I'm trying to paint the, the picture of the whole culture here, not just the moves. And so they would point it out as if I were missing it, you know, as if I were missing the moves. And I got a lot of the moves. The moves were really cool, and that's a big part of it. If you're making a skateboarding documentary, you got to have plenty of skating in it. But if I just had that, it's not enough to tell the story that I wanted to. The other type of interaction that I would have is people would come up and they would ask what kind of camera I had. At the time, I was shooting with a Canon 60D. Coincidentally, if you're watching the video podcast, it's the same camera I'm using now. I got it in Madrid in 2012 for like a thousand bucks and one zoom lens, and it's done me well, and still still is. But it was it's wedged right in there between the T2i and T3i series, which is a little more consumer-friendly, and the Canon 5D and 7D, which were like the professional indie filmmaker standards of that time. I got it for a few different reasons. Number one, it was affordable. Number two, there's an LCD flip screen, which helped me when I was getting creative angles, because the uh, 5D and 7D, the, the LCD screen is married to the back of the camera. Several different reasons. But it worked for me, but to put it simply, it wasn't a, well, not a glamorous, like, show-offy camera. Like, it didn't have a lot of bells and whistles, as I often talk about, and it just was, um, you know, an underwhelming camera. Didn't look fancy or anything like that. I didn't have a lot of gadgets and gadgets and monitors set up to it and, you know, a steady cam and all that sort of stuff, and so people would kind of ask about, uh, that camera, like what kind of camera is that? And or, and or they would say, well, have you heard about this camera? What do you think about this? And show me theirs. And at the time, I I felt that they were kind of like giving me the up down, like on the camera, maybe maybe judging me a little bit. <laughs> now that I've worked through things in life and I'm a little bit older, I see that that was just you know ego and insecurity thinking that. But how I would always respond is. When they would either question that or ask me about, you know, what's the coolest, best camera to get, I would always tell them, remember, it's the man, not the machine. What I'm trying to do is tell a story. And they'd kind of sit on it for a second. They'd be like, hmm, okay. And it'd shut them up and get them away from me for a second. And my ego would be like, whew, close one. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was a good defense mechanism for the time. And I meant it. I genuinely and, and earnestly meant it. But now that I can look back at it, I see that it was just, you know, my ego kind of like getting getting ready to go to battle. If they think because I don't have a great camera that I'm not going to make a great movie, right? Or they think, you know, what are, who are they to tell me what to shoot, you know? They didn't really know what I was doing. They were trying to fill me out. 
But as I grew and as I worked through the trenches of making this movie, I realized, and I don't know if it was a self-fulfilled prophecy, but this actually became what I was good at. Taking something little or taking a little and making a lot with it, right? I didn't have a lot of gadgets and gadgets and extra things to make the video pop. I had to just go straight for character, straight for story, straight for heart, right? And what I've learned is what I thought were flaws back in the day, what I thought were flaws of mine became what I was good at, became the skills that I harnessed and that I have and that I now teach, right? The obstacle is the way. That's one of my favorite favorite books at the moment. You know, thinking about the only way to get through something or to get around an obstacle is to go through it, right? Like, this was my problem. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a great camera. I'm not a great cinematographer. How am I going to do this? Lean into that. Let it be raw. Let it be be gritty and 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 feel authentic and just tell a good story. Ultimately, it was all about the heart that I was bringing to this. And if I could capture the culture, how those people who were participating in it and those people on stage felt about it, then I would be doing them a, a good service and I would be doing justice to the culture that I fell in love with so much. I just had to be honest. It's how I truly felt about the culture. It's why I fell in love with it in the first place. It's why I decided to make a film about it and spend five years of my life dedicated to it because I fell in love with it and I needed to capture that and show that to everybody else. This, my beautiful people, is the essence of the Storytelling Lab. This is what this whole podcast is going to be about. You don't need fancy tools. You don't need the newest camera, right? You just need heart. You just need to speak from the heart. You have all the tools you need right here in your heart and right here in your head. Everything right now is about authenticity, right? It's about being real and being honest and speaking from your heart. And as storytellers now, that's super exciting because it's less and less about the production value. That doesn't mean that's not important. We still want it to look quality, right? That there's a there's a there's an experience to this. There's levels to this. People want to see something of good value, but in this day and age, a little shaky camera, something a little out of focus for a moment uh is forgivable, right? Because people want to connect with real people and they want to feel like it's real. You can tell these kinds of stories without a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of resources. And that's super exciting for somebody like me who's an independent documentary filmmaker and has made his career off of telling stories and making movies without a lot of money. That's super exciting because now things are shifting in that way. They're shifting in that direction and I'm seeing it. We're right here on the brink of things. It's been happening for a while, right? I mean, even in mainstream television, you have like mockumentary style, like The Office, which everybody loves. That was that was network television, and you have that shaky camera, and you feel like you're right there in the moment. That's what part of what made that so appealing. You felt like you were in The Office. When you watch Raise Up, I hope that the audience feels like they're in the culture and in the film and at the park with those guys and girls. That's the point. And when you're using storytelling for your brand, you need to make them feel like they are there, like they are part of it, like they can resonate and relate to it. That's the goal. And the way to do that is to connect with them 
through storytelling. There's science that shows that our brains connect when we tell stories. It's called neurocoupling. When I tell a story to you, the same parts of your brain light up as if it's happening to you when you're hearing what I'm talking about happening to me. So if I'm going through a scary situation and I talk about being a kid and, and, and my alcoholic father is, is you know chasing us around the house trying to beat us or something like that, and I'm scared and my heart's beating, your brain will start feeling the same way just as if you were the kid running from it. Now we're connected. We're connected at the head. We're connected at the heart. There's empathy, right? We can relate to one another. Now we can talk with one another. And this is how you connect with your audience, with your tribe, right? With your followers, with your community. This is how you connect with them. Once you do that, now you can communicate with them, right? If you want to tell them about something that you're doing or you're trying to raise money or raise awareness or anything like that, you have to build that connection first, and this is the way to do it. It's not about all the gadgets and gadgets and tools and all that, right? It's not the paintbrush that paints the picture. It's not the pen or the typewriter that writes the story, right? It's the person. It's our creativity and our heart. That's how we make art. And if you can work on that skill, then it doesn't matter what tools you use because you can be creative and you can figure out a way to tell that story. And as you go on, you can get other tools so that you can tell that story in different ways. Not necessarily better ways, but but maybe you get better tools. You can do things a little more easily, right? You get power tools instead of the, you got a chainsaw instead of the handsaw. Well, now you can do different things. But if you're creative, you can take a handsaw and you can make something interesting out of it, right? Definitely. So what we're going to work on through the Storytelling Lab, the whole goal of this podcast is to harness that central core skill of storytelling and authenticity and vulnerability and speaking from the heart so that we can connect with our audiences. That's the skill that we're going to work on this season and next season and the next season after that. I've already got some exciting guests lined up. I can't wait for you guys to hear from them and listen to the conversations that we're going to have. And please hit us up and let us know if there's people that you think that we should talk to or people that you want to hear from. Because, guys, storytelling is in everything that we do. It's in every brand, every business, every organization, every fabric of our lives. This is one of the things that will keep us human, okay? Things, AI is taking over and it's doing a lot of great things. It's even, it's even cutting videos now. But I don't think it will ever be able to take away our creativity. And that's the part that makes us human. And that's how we connect with other humans, especially in this day and age where we feel so separated from one another. We need to bring it back. And when we connect with people or try to raise awareness for our service or our products or our causes and what we try to do to impact people, we have to do it by connecting directly with those people. And we can connect with them neurologically using our brains empathically, using our hearts, and we just have to sit down, do the dirty work, get better at using our tools, and tell our stories. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening, and join us next time on the Storytelling Lab.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.